Hey, welcome to episode 104, 104 of Nice Work, a podcast of the Super Nice Club where we're trying to make the world 10% nicer. 10%. Think you can do that? It's a small lift. Just just be a little bit nicer to yourself today, to, to everything in the world, to the whole of your world. Just be a little nicer because yeah, pretty much everything except for cats deserves a little bit nicer experience uh, and treatment. Today, our guest... Our guest today is the wonderful human, Logan Gourmet of Vibe Machine. Um, if you've listened to this podcast before, episode number 34 with Mitty Matilda, that's also Logan's band with Skylar Kilborn. So maybe you've already listened to Logan before. Uh, if you are a working musician, an aspiring musician, uh, if you know either type of musician or if you listen to music, I bet you listen to music. Do you listen to music? I knew you did. Yeah. Then this conversation, the one that we're about to have, well, we've already had it, but you're about to listen to, hopefully, is for you. I super double promise, or your money back. Um, it's you Remember how Chris, the magician Chris Angel, that guy, uh, made a lot, the guy with all the face paint and the makeup, um, made a lot of magicians angry by sharing their secrets. They're like, oh, you can't say that. Ah. Uh, well, that's Logan, only he's going up against the gatekeepers of the high art of songwriting, right? And he's cooler than Chris Angel, too, so there's a difference. Um, this might be my favorite conversation that I've had with a guest yet, because we just kind of sit back and let it rip. Um, don't edit it. Usually edit conversations. This one is unedited. It's beautiful. It's lazy. We let it rip about music, AI, the future of creatives, music, uh, the arts, what an underlick is? Do you know what an underlick is? You might not know what an underlick is. Uh, we talk about really importantly why you should probably pull your kids out of school uh, and teach them to trim trees. You think I'm being funny? You're saying no. Seriously, if you love your kid, buy them loppers for Christmas. Listen to the podcast. You'll understand. You'll thank me and think, oh shit, Todd is a genius, uh, which I am. So, all right, you ready for this? Here we go. Logan. Yo. Logan, so great to talk with you again. Hi. Hi. Um, where are you right now? Right now we're in a spaceship in the sky. Looks like a recording studio, but it's... Oh, I'm with you. <laughs> we're sitting together. One of the rare Nice Work podcasts where I'm actually in a room with a guest. We are in your underground recording studio, which is just a fantastic place. So many knobs and buttons. So many knobs and buttons and Ninja Mutant Turtles and custom carpet and baby dolls and there's a French Bulldog, um, Ampex 456, Grandmaster, pedals, lots of pedals. Um, man, this is the kind of stuff that thieves dream about. It is, but to be honest with you, most of the stuff is just decoration and I don't use most of it. But, you know, it makes it, it, makes it feel like a very creative space. What about the Tic Tacs? Those are the full thing of Tic Tacs. I feel like that's just decorative. Yeah, it is just decorative because I don't eat Tic Tacs because they're not vegetarian and I've been a vegetarian my entire life. And the Tic Tacs are there just to remind me of the Tic Tacs flying around in the sky. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought maybe it was a percussion instrument. <laughs> it could. Let's let's see. Done. Uh -huh. We're making we making music go. with Tic Tacs. There we go. There we go. So 
Last time we talked, um, we talked with you, and we talked with your partner in MIDI, Matilda. Yes. Skyler. And we kind of caught up on what you guys were doing musically then, uh, what you were doing stylistically. You were doing a lot of UFO stuff. I think you guys were actually traveling to alternate galaxies and realities. That's right. Yeah. You're back now. Somewhat. What are you... You're doing so much, but uh, what are you doing? What's Tell me about Vibe Machine. Well... Before I answer that, yeah. put the microphone a little bit closer, if you can, to your face. You're ruining this whole idea of doing like a one cut without editing idea. I wanted, no, no. To, I wanted to have this be the first podcast where we where I don't have to hey, edit that, anything because I'm feeling really lazy. Hey, they do that on Joe Blogan, and Joe Blogan's got one of the biggest podcasts ever. Oh, really? Bigger than this one? Mm, a little bit. <sighs> Man, all right. Okay, well. but going back to but going back to uh, the question. So, what is uh, Vibe Machine? Vibe Machine is my best attempt at uh, unifying human consciousness through music. <laughs> That's a small, small task. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to have to ask some follow-up questions on that. <laughs> you asked, bro. Tell us more. Well, I don't see there as being any better idea than to utilize music to unify people. I mean, our music already does that. Songs specifically, mm -hmm. melodies unify people like nothing else in the universe. And so it's not really talked about in that way. We just sort of see music as, oh, this is a cool thing. But I think every human enjoys music for you know particular reasons and or songs specifically because um, this, is, this is music, right? Technically, that's music, right? It's just like notes that are playing with each other. But songs are, are you know, stories of humans with melodies and these um, other elements. And when you see 100,000 people in a field or in a stadium all singing together and everybody can sort of look around and be cool with one another and sort of uh, uh, allow everybody to be in that space, I think that's us at our best. And so, um, and usually what that is that, that, that lines people up is, um, I think in the most powerful way, is singing together. And so, this project is designed to create songs that can be recreated in infinity ways. And so I'm showing people how to write more timeless songs and in doing so, building a community around people that are excited about that and then going to sort of, if you will, open source the production of those songs to as many people as possible so the singing of the songs as well as the music production and so i'm sort of look for, looking into the future where obviously ai is going to be creating its own songs and it's going to be creating its own voices i'm sort of in the interest of preserving humanity in songwriting through showing the process of writing songs which is something that's not generally documented and shared publicly and then uh and then through the community of people saying hey create your own version of this and through creating enough versions of any one song will create an interactive uh, music format. It's pretty out there like forward, like futuristic way of doing things. But to me, it makes sense that listening to songs would be something that would be interactive versus a, you know, uh, the way that songs are listened to now, which is as recordings, right? So we, there's like an entire, like that's what the music industry is built on is on a permanent, like a permanent version of something. And so with the vibe machine, the idea is that we're writing songs that can be interpreted in real time. So somebody could just change the singer or change the music production and be listening to the same song as somebody else at the same moment, but it's a different version of that song. Right. So that, what you just said is, is a huge 
that's a lot for people to take in. Yes, right? especially Extreme. if they're they're not in the industry. And if they are in the industry making music, they're like, dude, you're fucking crazy. I right? Am. Right? True. And you are, which is great. But backing it up, breaking it down to <laughs> to, to what was so great uh, when you first started down this road is your real strong belief that. Um, not that everybody can be a professional musician, but that everybody can make songs, that everybody can make melody. Yeah. Right? And that it's, it's, it's sort of a fundamental part of being human, this ability to make melodies. And you have taken your idea to people and just uh, both seasoned songwriters and people who are just like, God, this is cool. I'm making music. Uh, they're both really excited about this stuff. Right? Your, the feedback has been pretty phenomenal. Your TikTok game is wild. Yeah, my Instagram, my my Instagram just finally passed my TikTok, which was very exciting it did? to me. Yeah. Oh wow, is that because of Reels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reels yeah. Is, is is blowing up. So let's talk about this idea. You have this this word like the kerfuffle or the badoogle. Or the <laughs> I have badoogle, a lot of words, but for for melody. Yeah. Well, it's not what, just what's for the me- word. Well, okay, so there there's a word. There's you know what a I'm word. talking about. Yeah, an underlick. Underlick. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a sexy. It's a sexy word. The underlick. <laughs> some would some would say that some would someone have a lot of opinions about that word yeah it's um well really back in 2019 i started to just dive a little bit more into melody just from playing in my band midi matilda for many years and just sort of trying to understand songwriting and understand how to how to create melodies and songs that are very memorable and that really resonate with humanity and so much of that experience was trying things over and over and learning and learning and learning and continually moving forward and doing that. And so there was a lot that was learned in that experience and I'm continually learning every day. And one of those things that I learned was the uh, something that I didn't have a name for, which was melodies that were standalone melodies that would open up a recording of a song and then live beneath the singer's voice as the song continued forward. And it's extremely simple. It's almost stupid. Um, it's it's, But it's really just sort of an example of sort of the way that people can focus on one thing and have something else be going on at the same time that's serving them, but not they're not paying attention to it. Okay. Uh, a lot of people call this a riff. Um, a lot of people call this counterpoint, counter melody. There's a lot of musical terms for this, but um, there wasn't a term that really work to describe that the fact that this, this singable melody was also working beneath the voice and it was standalone. Uh, and there isn't a musical term to describe that specifically. Right, um, how it's functioning. Not yeah. only what it is, but how it's functioning. And yeah. it, it's a little bit also imbued now with your philosophy of song structure. Yeah, it's um, that concept is something that I continually like, learn about every day and it's something that I think is so surprisingly simple that it's one of those things that's right in front of everybody and they just can't see it because music is, a, is, a, is really about awareness and about being aware of what's happening, that, of what you're enjoying. So an underlick, well, I mean, give us an example because everybody hums stuff all the time when we're in the shower. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're listening to this, you've done it. You've been in the shower, you've just come up with your own melody and you think, oh, I must have heard that somewhere before. Probably not. You're probably just coming up with it yeah. because it's just what we do as people. So, I mean, I... I'm just going to put you on the spot here, like a famous underlick that everybody will recognize. Right. There we go. So, um, does that count? 
Well, that, or is that two parts? And so, well, the simple way to see if something is an underlick. Yeah. The reason it's an underlick was actually came out of a place of ignorance because I didn't understand what the difference of a lick versus a riff was. So a riff is we think of a down, 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 down from like a Rolling Stones, right? We yeah. we see guitars as being riffs. Um, and my dad would write a lot of those with his music um, in his band growing up. The under so I, I didn't know what that was fully like the word I, I don't really use words. Um, well, I do use a lot of music theory words, but I sort of like to make up words. And I was like, this thing is working underneath it. Oh, maybe it's a it's a lick, but a lick is more like a little piece of a melody, not a repeated thing. Right. And so um, and so I called it an under lick as just a way to explain it to my friends and. Once I realized that it was, oh, maybe it's more of an under riff. I'm like, no, that's not as fun. Like, I like under yeah. lick. So we're going to change the meaning of it to be that it's underneath the tongue. Like that, So that makes sense. It's like it's I underneath like it. the mouth. And so um, you can always understand if an under lick is under licking is if you hear a melody with nobody singing on it and then the person starts to sing on it and that melody keeps going. That's it. So, okay. in, so in that song, Final Countdown, I... I'd have to listen to it, but I believe that that I would call it more of a pop drop, which is more of a melody that we're going to arrive at. Okay, so a, something an like intro too, right? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. because certain melodies are. It's really where is your ear going? Is like, and if you think of like the Beatles, and you think of like George Harrison or something, it. he's yeah. sort of he's filling in the gaps, maybe where the other guys aren't singing, and so your ear is going to his guitar as if it's a voice. But if a melody is too competing with a voice, right? It, it then it's not an underlick. Which is why your earlier example was so much better. Yeah, yeah. That 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 goes dun, through the entire. Yeah, that's great. It's great. So, your your thesis here is that we can all spit out underlicks. Oh yeah. Right, and we can you know um, either hum them into our laptops, right, and there's software that can take that and make it something yeah. or if you have a little bit of musical ability you can go oh, 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 I'll, I'll put that into the piano yeah. right um, and then you're with Vibe Machine helping people sort of take the next steps with that or like how, how is the, the song building and writing process um, being um, how are you teaching you've become a teacher now right I don't like that that that, I, that I know, word but, but it's yeah but y- you, yeah. you are you're you're, te- you're Okay, um, let me rephrase it. You don't like that word. Okay, no, it's you, fine. You have become uh, someone who is who is educator. You are taking other similarly interested humans, yeah, on a journey where you're yeah. both you're all discovering uh, how to unify the cosmos yeah. together. Well, yeah, I, it's um, I, I the thing that I've discovered in in writing many songs or producing many songs, depending on where I'm at, is that sometimes you can end up creating something deep into the process and not understanding why it's not functioning mm-hmm. as the way that you that you would hope it to be. And that's a very frustrating thing to be in that situation. I can I can remember laying on the ground with a microphone just trying to sing ideas and being like, why is this not this not working? And so through doing that many times, I figured out that if you when you want to write something, if you write it from this place and mm-hmm. you start with like these simple ideas that it makes the inspiration for writing something a lot easier and it just people love it and they don't even know why. When you look at the comments, the feedback on your uh, Instagram and TikTok, there's a whole lot of people that have been making music for many years and they're just saying, mind blown, bro. I've <laughs> overthought this for so long. Yeah. I don't know how you just made the obvious obvious. Um why do you think that it's been sort of obfuscated for musicians for so long? Is it because music theory gets 
uh, overly complex the way it's taught, or is this just a, a scenario where it's just like, um, like you said earlier, it's just so simple that people can't believe it? Um, it's a combination of things. I think I, I like to look at it as if you're hanging out with a group of friends and you have a friend that's won't smile and you've accepted that and it's just accepted. We know, we know that that's I'm not, that's smiling. not, that's I'm the, <laughs> Todd, you're smiling. It's, it's not, it's, it's, uh, they may be contributing a particular feeling to the group and it's, and no one's going to really say anything about it and pay attention to it. But you know, if that person smiles, wow, people will light up and no one said it out loud. That's why it's, but it's, it's quite obvious. We know that when people smile, it feels good. We know when we get compliments, it feels good. I see it exactly the same way. It's sometimes things are right in front of us and nobody's put a label on it. Maybe because the way that songs are written are done in a way that is um, very behind the scenes for all the, um, for everything that's taught and shown on the internet, there are still things that are not shown. And songwriting is one of those things that is highly protected. And it makes sense because people have to go to a very like, emotional place to tap into that. You don't want cameras around and stuff. And it can be just obnoxious to have that. And it's and also, you have to show you yourself fail a lot because that's yeah. the part of the thing. And so I think it's... Um, uh, some people say, "Oh, gate." There's gatekeeping, or it's, um, "Bro, don't." These are these are. This is like, you know, secrets. Don't be telling secrets. I have been told that before. I was posting things on social media. I was told not to say some of these things. You sound like the magicians, uh, uh, you know, the magic castle or whatever, where they're protective. <laughs> you can't, you can't uh, show how you do our. Yeah, that that illusion, bro. You're blowing it for all of us. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, and when it comes to this, it's really. Um, it's an amazing way to empower people because mm -hmm. because it because we're talking about like a I see a block on um, self expression and so to me if we like tie these things together if music is one of the most powerful things that exist and we're talking about blocking that like what the fuck yeah. are we doing well now you have thousands of musicians um, working musicians amateur musicians whatever you want to call it but people who are trying to make careers as musicians coming to you and saying. Kind of like you know, you're kind of like a, a song guru. Like they're they're really buying into it, and they're really they are buying into it. They are buying into it. So let's talk about the commodification, the commercialization of your process. Um, <laughs> you also, but no, Vibe Machine. You are doing. Um, you have programs, right, that people can subscribe to uh, if they want to really learn how to up their their craft of of songwriting, right? What what do you got? What are you offering? What's what's the what's the whole thing? Um, the whole thing is an unfolding. I'm just sort of like finding basically the path forward to be of service to people as also service to myself as yeah. far as what I want to do. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I've like put together a master class that, um, shows people how to write underlicks in one way that I like to do it, um, that I shot here in the studio. And then I also have a program where I'm working in groups of people giving feedback. It's called the Feedback Pod. And in the Feedback Pod, it's just a matter of giving people, teaching them to be aware of what is happening within the music that they are creating and within the music that they love. Right. Simple as that. Just like be if you're aware of this in somebody else's song, then you can be aware of it within your own song. And uh, a lot of that comes down to the most simple things that are mind-blowingly simple. You know, I was in the car earlier today and I'm I'm always learning myself. So I was sing. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna sing along to the song, and I'm not gonna change the lyrics. I'm just gonna keep singing the lyrics that the first verse said, 
and see and notice the patterns that are not changing. A lot of times when it comes to um, going back to what you were asking earlier about um, music theory and, and how things are taught, it's things that we love are so simple you couldn't even almost teach it or it's almost not teachable in its simplicity whistles and hand claps if there's a whistle or a hand clap in a song i'm sold almost every time (laughs) i think also the way that music is right the uh muse the ability to create things is there's an entire industry like music education that's built around information that you don't have and skills that you don't have okay Mm -hmm. that's how it works We've got the information, we got the skills, you don't have it, and so you have to come to us to get those things from whatever school you want to look at, or whatever teacher that is. Um, the, uh, I'd say oftentimes the people that are teaching those things are not creating the things that I love and that a lot of people love. I'll start mm-hmm. there. I will mm-hmm. also say that when it comes to playing an instrument, the piano, whatever it is, You're so good. There's, I know, I'm very good at letting it rip. The You can learn to play an instrument forever. You can never be the best, okay? So there's always another stage to get to within that. Yeah. And I think human beings just generally love the idea of using the tool and getting better at the tool, getting better and better and better and better and better. But the thing is, the things that most people love are not because people got so good at their instrument. It's it's oftentimes somebody that's incredible at their instrument playing something that is very simple. Mm-hmm. And that, it's... It doesn't matter if we're talking about Nirvana or Justin Bieber. It's the same exact thing to me. Right. And we like to look at those as different things. It's no, they're using things, regardless if they knew that they were using them, they're using tools that you can actually implement in your own creations if you are aware that they're doing it. Right. I, and I think that is, it's it's super liberating for people to think, oh, you know, I can go make a song, right? Uh, and it's the, the main thing is it's fun. Yeah. Like if any of you have ever tried, like I've played around, like anybody, you just grab, you know, some piece of software or a cool little toy. Like, and I'm not musical. I love music, but I'm not particularly musical. But I can have fun and I can make things that I'm proud of with different little tools and, and different little computer things. Like I made that and the process was really cool, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that when it comes to other disciplines, like for example, that I one that I'm best at for me is writing, you know, and people look at things like I was talking to a musician recently about um, writing films, which I do. And he's like, I just can't. I just can't. My, I just, my mind just goes blank thinking about writing a movie. I'm like, dude, you could totally write a movie. Anybody can write a movie. That's the secret. The secret is it's not very hard, right? It's predominantly, you know, uh, Western culture anyway, three-act structure. And it's just it's very similar to song structure. Right? Can you write an intro? Can you write a bridge? Like these are all the things, and and scripts are very musical when they're good. They they segue, they blend, they they rise and fall, and there's a feel to them. But more than that, you know, he's like, well, I just don't know how you make up these whole worlds, and how do you make up these characters? I'm like, I I kind of thought everybody already knew this, bro. But the open secret is you don't. It's like that character is your dad, that character is your buddy from high school. You know, that evil alien person is your little brother, right? You know, it's none of it's really fiction. It's all coming from something and it's really fun and you don't have to dig very deep because it's coming from some conversation you overheard at the cafe earlier today. It's super simple stuff, especially when you break it down into chunks, just like when you were in grade school and somebody said, you have a five page paper, like you're in fifth grade. Like I I have a fifth grader right now, right? So a five page paper blows his mind. I can never do it. And you're like, Look, Rye, it's like a one-page intro, 
it's like a two-page this, and then you do your outro, and then you have a four-page paper, and then you increase the font size, and you have five pages. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? And he's like, oh, okay, I can do that because you break it down. And then, like, in seventh grade, it's a 10-page paper. Right. And then it's still just, you know, modules. Yeah. Right. And then eventually a 20 page paper doesn't seem intimidating. It just seems like a drag, but it's not intimidating. You know, you can do it. And then so now you've got, oh, I've got a hundred and, you know, 10 page script. It's really only just a series of small papers, a series of small scenes. Yeah. Um, and then people go, oh, I can do that. And it's so rewarding for me when I see that light bulb go off and somebody says, I, you know what, I'm going to, I think I can do that. Can I share some ideas with you? And I'm like, you, of course you can. And so I've, there are people out there in this world that aren't writers, but that I engage with. And I'm just sort of like um, inspiring them to just try for fun. And I feel like there's a lot of that with what you're doing. Long-winded way of getting to my point, but yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I've discovered through making social media videos, making a lot of them, that human beings love a step-by-step process. Boy, do they love that. Yeah. Like that feels so safe and so comfortable to be yeah. like, okay, I do this, and then I do this, and I do this, and then I get this. I could do that. Mm-hmm. Same thing with school. You do this grade, this grade, you go to college, you do this, and then you get a job, right? Yeah, at least in the past. Yeah, that's how we thought it. That's how we thought. It, <laughs> that's how we thought it worked. And um, there's a lot of safety and comfort in that. And um, you know, you you want to get people to listen to you say you want to do this. Step one. That's all right. you got to do, right? And and there's reward at the end of step one. Yeah, you can check yourself, you know, and you can error check mm-hmm. at the end of step one, and then it's like cooking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm the same way. There's something that feels very um, like. I don't know. It feels if it's mechanical or something in in that, but it is. I love it too. Like mm-hmm. I, when I, I'll take many things and try to make them into the most step by step thing because I know that once I've done this, I can go to the next step. And I think with creativity, um, when it comes to either writing a script or to writing a song, we like to think of it as just being like sort of magic. And right. because there's something that's sexy about that, that it's just, just like it, it happened and it just flowed out. Which in many ways that stuff can happen. However, having the Gosh, just having the step-by-step process of show up and do it each day is yeah. is one of the steps. And isn't that magical on its own? Like, I know that people look at, at what you're doing and say, oh, you're kind of, some people, you're demystifying it, right? You were saying, sure. a, you know, you're taking the magic out of it, the heart, the soul. But I think that that is devaluing just being a human. Just being a human, whether you're following steps, color by number, there's magic and miraculousness just in that. We bring the magic by being alive. Yeah. Like it's unavoidable. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's something that would be hard to remove from a process completely. Right? It's it's like I love – what's something you can do on YouTube that we never would do? Oh, like you – know, like, plumbing repair or car repair things that people aren't plumbers or mechanics say oh i'll find a video on it i'll go fix it yeah and it feels rewarding oh yeah and it's and you find the good person who does it step by step right um and I, oh, I fixed the toilet and i didn't know how to do that before right that's not devaluing the process of being a plumber right um i actually think that people who are doing um construction trade or any kind of craft it's all pretty soulful and spiritual if they're into it. Yeah. I love anybody who's really into what they're doing. Me too. Right? Like the person who comes over to fix whatever, like, oh, man, I'm just in love with this type of, 
you know, molding and blah, 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 blah. And they'll tell you the history of that molding. And yeah, the Italians, they did this and they used to do it. Now it's just 3D printed and it's kind of a bummer. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, absolutely. And they have a joy in them about the work that they're doing to me that is just as vital as the joy of making a song. I was talking to ChatGPT the other day and I said, Oh, were you? I said, what? Say hi. Yeah, I said, I said, I said, why are people attracted to people that are passionate, that are, what are, oh no, I said, why are people attracted to people that are confident or maybe like passion or something like that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, let's go on a conversation and understand this. And I think it makes us feel, again, safe in somebody that is really tapped into the thing that they truly love doing that and, and continually doing that because we all want to be doing that. We do. We want to, whatever our work is, we hope that we're passionate about it, right? Or yeah. that we, there's an element of it that we can be passionate about because if there's nothing there, then we're like, ah, oh, fuck, we need a new job. Yeah, it's like looking yeah. It's like looking out and looking at all the um, all the trees growing in the neighborhood and you and when you see one that's just like really kicking ass and just is like going, you're like, yeah, like it, it's, there's a feeling to that that it's, it's, it's lifing at the highest life level it's like it's it's really doing what it's it's here to do which i I believe that's what we're here to do as well is to like it's not that we're supposed to do anything it's that we get to decide what we are here to do and that's that's for us to figure out that is that there is no meaning that is the meaning i want to talk about chat gpt and ai for a second everybody's talking about it we're going to talk about it but before that i want to talk about that tree in your neighborhood that's growing because i was driving through my neighborhood the other day and for the last week it's been tree trimmers on both sides of the street Ah. just everywhere you know all the rain here in LA and just things are growing and they have to get them out of the way of the power lines right yeah and out of the way of homes and all sorts of things so there's just trimming going on everywhere and I notice people are annoyed like pylons you got to slow down you know and I was thinking man if those people who are doing the tree trimming you know they're called tree trimmers it's their job uh, stopped working if they went away for two years, your city would disappear. <laughs> it would burn to the ground, right? All of the trees would grow into the lines. Other trees would grow so tall that they would tip over and fall on buildings, start fires. We would grind to a halt without tree trimmers in two years. And I know that's really doesn't have anything to do with our podcast, but it's pretty staggering. Like the people that we look at that we're annoyed by, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you're slowing my car down, bro. Like these are jobs that are actually, if you think about the, the, the interconnected nature of our, of our societies, our built societies, more important than most, more important than, you know, um, uh, your insurance salesperson or a lot of coders or just, you know, me as a writer, uh, they're keeping things going in a very real, very physical way. Um, and I just want to give a shout out, since I can, to the tree trimmers of the world. What up, tree trimmers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank absolutely. you. Thank you for keeping it all going. I <laughs> know, uh, I feel that. It's, um, be, uh, AI can't replace them. Not, not at this point, no. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, there's, I always like look around, especially in LA, and there's like so many ridiculous seeming businesses all over. But it's like the stuff isn't here by accident. It's like because the everyone's people make a living by contributing value to other humans. Wig shops. Every time I drive by a wig shop, I'm like, damn. 
dumb. That's amazing. I, I, I do this exercise quite a bit as far as going down the rabbit hole of value and sort of where does the value land? Yeah. Where does it eventually hit? Because everything sort of ends there, depending on where you are on like the in the process of maybe a big production or something. It's like where it maybe the maybe the thing at the end of the line is for someone to feel inspired. That's the value that's given to them. And if it's and then there's other jobs where it's like, hey, this this job exists here just so that the whole fucking thing can keep operating. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, and those kind of jobs, uh, you know, they may they they may be. The, I'm talking about tree trimmers again. Uh, they may be the kind of jobs that become more, the skills rather, that become more and more valuable uh, in terms of how much you make per hour, right? Um, And other jobs like writing, sadly, uh, coding, photography, a lot of creative things, they may go down. It's hard to predict. You know, the AI, what the impact of AI is on the world is very hard to predict, right? It's not hard to predict short term because obviously short term, it's going to hurt uh, a certain part of the creative class as the AI evolution, uh, as it, as it, as it, during that fluid state, right? We're going to have to become different types of creatives. Yes. Right? We're going to have to learn new skills. Um, or maybe we all get obviated. I don't know. I'm not, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me um, which way it could go. But I do know that I heard, this is such a, a clumsy segue uh, an ai drake song yeah uh, a couple days ago this is a song that came out um that was uh ai vocals they were all it was a drake song but it wasn't drake all the vocals were ai um the, the music was something that was put together in a, uh, a studio i think do you know what i'm talking about I do. or there was the drake and the weekend song as well there were two that came out yeah so what are your thoughts on on that, on the wholesale co-option of an established artist's vocals to create, I'm not talking about the legal aspect because that'll sort itself, but just from a creative perspective and from a how it contributes to the human experience perspective. Well, I think go- going back to what you were saying before, I think this um, I have a comment on that that will lead to this, which is yeah. that as AI comes in and starts to replace certain things that are um, certain pieces of labor that humans take part in, right? We're talking about right. tree trimmers. We're talking about construction. We're talking about like physical labor. So we don't have rope. We don't have physical robots that go and do this stuff yet. Right. For right now, that that's, that's a little, seems like that's a little harder for us to pull off versus right. using the computer and, and creating things that were created in the computer to begin with. Right. And so what I what is... I think has always been the case, but is going to become much more of the case is that being a being you, mm-hmm. being uniquely you, your personality, your tastes, your opinions, your being out on the internet, connecting with people through that medium becomes people recognizing you becomes the most valuable thing that exists because you, as a physical entity, are not replaceable. Like you, like the closest you can come to actually truly being with you is to be with you in person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because what's going to happen, I believe that this is already happening, but it's really going to happen in a big way, is that people that are recognizable by their, by their like literally physical appearance, um, again, becomes incredibly, incredibly powerful because that will be replicated. So, for instance, let's say myself. Okay, What does the future look like for myself on the Internet? Well, it would be much more useful if there was 50 of me, wouldn't it? 
that'd be a lot more useful. Right. And so what would I do? What would I do with that with a great tool that somebody will make is that it would just be creating content with of me with my values, my taste, my opinions, with my visual and my and my voice. Um, creating things nonstop all day long and being just blasting all over the internet, right? Because I because you know there's only so much time in a day. But if I had if I had a tool that was able to take my self expression that you know I gave the the sign off on to put me all over the place, well that only helps everything that I'm doing, and that's that's going to be the big thing because those who weren't didn't grow up putting literally filming themselves are going need to cross that barrier of comfort in doing that because. Um, he, she, they, who does that will win. Um, so one person armies, literally. That's right. Yeah, clone it's, armies. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. because so I don't like it. <laughs> it, it. It is it is it is the inevitable as far as connecting with other humans, right? That's what social right. media has allowed us to do. Is it allowed us to connect with more people with our ideas, our tastes, our life experiences, our lessons, whatever it may be. Um, and okay. So with that, that leads perfectly into the way that artists and songs operate. Where so this thing was created, somebody wrote a song, okay, and they've made it some music with it. This is how it already works. But in this case, right? So maybe in that version of that Drake Weekend song, there's a piano part in it, okay? That piano part didn't need to be a piano. It could have been a guitar. It could have been a synthesizer. It could have been. It, it was a shitty underlick. It wasn't really an underlick. It was. Yeah, it, was it, it, it was whatever. But it, but it could have been multiple instruments. That is the same way that a singer is. Okay. And we like to think that oh well, if somebody's singing, if Bob Dylan's singing the song, well that's from Bob Dylan's brain, or that's from his like tapped into God, whatever that is. Right. That's not how it works though. Many people sometimes it is that. Um, but Bob Dylan would say that it just he doesn't even know where it came from, right? It wasn't even from him. It was just like it came through him. Is he singing though or is he croaking? <laughs> He's croaking and singing. Yeah, let's be real. And so and so the um there are many songs that people love that are written by 10 plus people, okay? So it's not just from somebody's somebody's inspiration that that hit. You're talking about Beyoncé songs now. Sure. Beyoncé songs are a great example of that. And so with that, the when this Drake thing came out, again, it's putting an emphasis on, well, what is Drake? And mm -hmm. what is something that sounds like Drake, right? Somebody could do an impersonation of Drake and do a song and we'd say, you you can't you can can't do that. What are the rules, right? What are right. the rules of, of the way that copyright is technically set up right now? Where copyright is at this point is set up um, to be a song is the lyrics and is the melody. Period. That is what it is. Sometimes if the chord progression makes its way in the relationship of that, can play into that, but it's technically it's the it's what the person is saying, and it is the melody, the order of the notes that they are singing those in is what is the publishing of a song versus right. the owning of the recording of a song. That's what the record label deals with. That is the think of it like a literally a spreadsheet where it's like this song, right? This idea was recorded on July 11th, 1973. That is the record of that song being recorded. But there can be infinity versions of that. That's what that's what we call covers or songs get re-released. This happens with this is happening with movies too because the familiar when it works, it works. And so in this case with this Drake thing, this is this is going to happen in a massive way where they want to try to harness, they want to they want to pull it back because people love the way that Drake's voice sounds. Right. But we would prefer Right. We would prefer Drake to sing the best songs possible, wouldn't we? We would love it if they were just all great songs. So what I believe is going to happen is the value of the song, just like the value of these certain like, you know, abilities that right. will go up much higher because 
if somebody writes an incredible song and it's got Drake singing on it, people will say, I love that. And they will look past that very quickly because a Drake vocal on a song to begin with is heavily, heavily processed, auto-tuned, edited to the end of time. I mean, it's 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 what is a human? What is real? What's left of it at that point already? Someone commented yeah. on a post that I did the other day and I was talking about AI and somebody said, well, I only like what's real. And I go, what is real? Like is real is real using a microphone that's taking my voice and it's and it's it's EQing it and sculpting it and it's compressing it and then it's editing what I'm saying and it's putting it out. Is what is what is real? Is is real only you being in person with me? Mm -hmm. At that point, our ears are shaped differently. We're hearing things differently. There's a space that's changing it. What is real other than the I song think, itself? And I, I'm probably being a little bit. Um, idealistic or maybe romanticizing things or, or overrating humans, which is rare for me. I, I, I very rarely overrate humans, all right? Even though it's super nice club, I, I tend to set the bar pretty damn low for humanity just because you look around at the planet and what we've done, right? The sure. end result, the proof is in the pudding. The pudding is dirty and sour and just really fucked up right now because we have not done a good job of being stewards of our planet, right? Can we still correct the course? Maybe. You know, albedo effect says, nah, not really, not in time because we're still going to cook, but uh, we can go down smiling um, <laughs> instead of cursing. Uh, you know, when it comes to what's real, I kind of want to think that we want to at least believe that we're connecting with a person. You know how we kind of think, oh, I love, you know, um, I, I love Prince, right? I grew up yeah. loving Prince. And in some part of my mind, like, I knew... I knew Prince. I knew I knew Prince's heart, and I knew that if Prince and I ever met, he would love me. You know, he'd be like, "Oh, you we're spiritually like connected," which is bullshit, right? But that's what you do with the people that you admire from afar, and you never want to meet your heroes, right? But there's a connectiveness that's that is not based on reality, but it's kind of what you think. And I just like, can we do that with knowing that it's AI? Can we do that intellectually, that emotional connection? Is it going to happen when we're like, that's not really David Bowie. That's David Bowie's estate okaying the use of Bowie's voice on a new track, right? You know, so much of what we were taught, we led this, the show with, this connectivity of humans through music. You know, I'm, I'm wondering, I, this is, is, is not rhetorical. Like, I'm wondering if we will be able to make that kind of connection. Just yesterday, I was having a conversation with a, a sometimes um, production partner of mine. He deals with mostly reality shows. And he was in a, uh, he's at a network in a meeting. And the network was telling him, you know, we're already using uh, an AI tool of ours that analyzes pitches um, and tells us whether or not it's a smart idea to make the show. Right. It's, and uh, because, you know, social media AI gives us so much information about people. You know, they say, like, Facebook knows you better than your parent or child or loved one or whatever. Uh, and it literally does. It can predict sure. your behavior better than someone you've been with for 50 years. Um, and we can rebel at that and go, not really. I'm the exception because human exceptionalism always says, yeah, OK, but not with me. No, with you, too. Right. If you're Absolutely. listening, Facebook knows you better than your mom does. I'm sorry. It's true. Um, it knows you I, better than you do. Yeah, it does. Um, and so and we've gotten to the point where, you know, you think your phone's listening to you. No, it's predicting what you're going to be wanting already. That's why you're getting the ad. The ad knows that you're going to want to go to Nicaragua because it's it knows that, you know, everything else you've said and, and clicked on in the last few weeks. That's going to lead it to what you want. It's going to know what kind of flatware you want as well. That's right. Yeah. So 
the network also said, you know, we're also using it to do the writing. Of course, right? Um, and in reality, yes, the scripted reality, it's writing the architecture of the show, right? Because it knows what is going to sell. And the same network executive said, you know, we're just a little while away from people being able to come home from work and say, hey, um, I want to watch a movie where I'm starring with um, Brad Pitt uh, in a yeah, let's make it a porno. In a porno uh, <laughs> where, you know, we're having breakfast and then we end up in space and there's a civil war flashback and, you know, you give it some plot points. Yeah. And it will spit that out for you. you you'll even, be able to... Yeah, you want, why, would you even, why would you even come up with the idea? Because it already knows what you want. Well, there we go, right? And so I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. That's cool technology. But a couple things. One... Nobody's going to want to watch that. Like you, you might love it, but you're not going to be able, I'm not going to say, Logan, oh my God, I just watched this incredible movie with Brad Pitt and I, you know, the non-porn version. Yeah. Because Logan, you're going to be making your own movies. And so now yeah. we all are in these silos making our own content. And where's the sharing? Right. Okay. Yes. I have many thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, for sure. Right. Because, because everybody's in their own little universe. Yeah. We're, we're, we're it's, our, it's our own little Thing that we want just everything provided to us exactly the way we want. We don't want to sit on Netflix and dick around trying to scroll through things. That's yeah. that's the worst thing ever. You want the thing to show up for you exactly the way you want it. That's why TikTok has worked so well is because yeah. it's giving people what they want yeah. regardless if they realize it. Yeah. That's where it's really the like it's for for good and bad because Thanks, China. It's, it's for good and bad because because people it comes down to again awareness and where you're focusing your attention if it sees you sitting and lingering on some shit that's not going to make you feel good later and you're not you're not aware enough in your thoughts to get off of that you are going to get more of that like when i'm on there i'm like do not show me anything that's that's going to make me feel shitty because i don't want the algorithm to think that i like this right and most people on social media aren't aren't aware of that so they're just getting fed a bunch of bullshit that's de that's deciding for them it's really them it's really just a, a reflection of themselves obviously right and so it, as, as far as it goes with um with with ai creating content for ourselves okay so um you're talking about you know, movies and TV. Yeah, for sure. The stuff that we're going to watch is going to be stuff that will be created for us about us and making it incredibly um, like they'll be. I'm sure they'll still be, you know, where does Breaking Bad fall into that? Right. Because that's mm -hmm. interesting to watch. That doesn't make me feel good, but it's interesting to watch. I don't want that to be my story. It's not my it's not my story. I relate to the certain emotions in it, but I like that it was created from this other thing. Maybe that was created out of Todd's AI. And that's mm -hmm. why I like that. It was my friend's AI or maybe. Uh, and we can relate on that story. That's fun to come together on that. But are you going to relate on the actors? You know, are you going to relate on the director? Like, you know, so many, it's so fun. You like, you talk, like people are like, oh, I loved um, The Last of Us. Yeah. I didn't, okay. I didn't like The Last of Us. So I've okay. been having these arguments with my friends. Like, I just, I think it's terrible. A lot of people love it. I don't care if they love it, or, but it's a great conversation to have. Why didn't you like it? Well, I thought that, you know, they were going for this, but it's so trite, blah, 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 blah. This actor, this little, the, the girl's just, you know, not believable. You're wrong. You're being, uh, uh, you're, you're sexist because you don't like it because it's a female actor. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, but you have these conversations and you like, you're a fan of directors like Sean Baker. I love the movies that he does. Tangerine, whatever. I'm going to go see what he does. And I, you know, it's, there's conversations about real people. And then you go down to Brentwood Country Mart and boom, there's, uh, you know, the, who did I see two days ago? The, the woman from, um, what's that hotel show where there's a murder, somebody dies in the beginning. And then they, uh, anyway, she was this Italian uh, hotel clerk um, okay. in a, some hotel show. She's amazing. I saw her in real life. I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, it's real. 
and we have these people that are real and they're celebrities and they're out there. Do you feel like if we can generate our own content um, and there, and we know that there's nobody behind it, do you feel like communities, like fan communities, are still going to form around this stuff? Is that possible? Well, well, I've I've thought mostly about this when it comes to music mm-hmm. and the democratizing of being creative. And let's just say that you were to walk in here and you'd be like, Logan, let's, let's just we're gonna fast forward to the future. You just say, yeah. Logan, I got the new, I got the new vibe machine update or whatever. No, yeah. <laughs> I got the new thing and, um, and I got some new songs. And I say, really? I'm like, tell me about how this came about. You're like, well. I spent the last week programming my life story and my opinions and my taste and my everything into this thing yes. and all of my favorite music that I've ever heard and all my favorite singers. And then I, I don't sing, right? I don't have the best, I don't have the best singing voice because I've not been spending a lot of time doing that. But I just gave it a sample of my voice and made me sound like so-and-so and it created an entire album of all this music and it sounds so awesome and I love it. Can I show that to you? I'd be like, yeah, I'd love to hear that. And you are the music artist because that's again, right? We're bridging the gap of what, what are we looking for in, um, in these things? We're like, we're looking for ourselves. We're looking for a little taste of something unfamiliar and we're looking for, we're like, it's like the combination is Tony Robbins says, what is familiar, but what is also unfamiliar is what sort of where it like taps in you with us. You went to Tony Robbins. And, and, and I just, that there's, it's inevitable, right? Mm. Everybody wants to be a rock star. Everybody wants to be the star. Regardless if we say it, maybe we don't want everybody to see that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just want to see it, but we all want to fucking see it. We all want to have that experience. I hear that. I hear that. I like that. What I wonder about, and if, if you know when you want to start an argument with somebody, you say, I'm going to push back a little bit. Yeah. When you're really just going to say, fuck you, you're wrong. <laughs> um, I'm going to push back a little bit. Please. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I think that, I, I, I don't really want to hear somebody else's dreams, right? If somebody says, oh, I had this big dream last night. I'm like, you want me to hear about it? I'm like, okay, cool. I'll hear about it. But I don't want to hear about that every morning, right? Like, yeah. that's your dreams. Like, I don't want to, I don't think I'm going to be interested in other people's songs in the same way. Like, at first, yes. What, what you just described to me, if you came to me and said, I'd be like, yeah, I want to hear that. But when everybody I know is doing the same thing and saying, here's my story, here's my story, here's my song, here's my, what, here's what I want. I want, like, you know, um, when you're getting to know people when you're younger, like in high school, and even now, if you're on a dating app or whatever, like, what musicians do we have in common, right? That says so much because, you know, how did you interpret? Why did you like Prince? Why did you like Fugazi? You know, what, what was it about Sonic Youth that resonated with you? It talks about your era. It talks about when you grew up, where you grew up, East Coast, West Coast. Oh, I grew up on the Bay Area. I loved Green Day or whatever. Oh, I was yeah. in D.C. I loved Fugazi. You know, um, and so having these sort of um, musicians, writers, filmmakers, whatever, that are outside of both of you, that are external, right? It's an external compass that we can now go... What did we find attractive about that? That is connective, whereas when it's like, here is just, skip skip Fugazi, right? Skip the bands that you liked. Skip the yeah. uh, George Michael, right? Um, wow, I went to George Michael. That's crazy. Anyway, George <laughs> Michael's cool. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Um, forget all that. Here's just the musical distillation of the shit that, 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 that are the reasons why I like those bands, right? I think that's harder 
for people to create community around, yeah. right? That's what I'm talking about. Like, do we have the same type of, I'm not saying that what you're talking about doesn't have value. Yeah. I think it does have value and it, it can, in the best case, be a whole new way for us to share things that are difficult to share with the limitations of language, right? And and and, and the skills that people develop over many years to be able to do these things. Right. You know, so AI could empower us to hit a whole new, deeper level or different kind of interpersonal sharing. Yeah. Right. I'm concerned more about whether it does damage to community building is collateral damage of AI when we're, we're, we're navel gazing so much that we forget to, you know, go to the whatever concert yeah right? yeah for sure like we're like or or it puts us so in our own little bubble yeah that we are not it's like okay so let's go back to like what you know concerts and people coming together right. for concerts i think so with everything that i'm saying right now right this is where i believe it is inevitably going however where where do where does where do the humans play into this right um and you know, I think I think the live experience, right, of watching somebody do something in person, higher value, higher value now. Now mm-hmm. it's now it's that person is actually putting themselves out there. They're actually going to like physically stand there in front of thousands totally of people. I totally agree. Like yeah. that may become the luxury item. Yeah. Unfortunately, like the expensive luxury item, or like maybe there's a whole genre of music, and a whole type of filmmaking where like, oh, it's it's you know real real people filmmaking. Yes. And it costs more. Unfortunately, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. You're seeing you're seeing something that is, and that's sort of like my whole philosophy with what I'm doing is showing the songwriting to yeah. because because yeah. because when when AI when everybody does have their own AI software that's going to be making their own music, this will be happening, mm-hmm. right? Why would it not? Everybody wants that. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be this. Everybody wants to be Prince. But yeah. when you have everybody that can be Prince, right? When everybody can do that, where does the value? Okay, so what can you not? replicate and right. then, and it goes back to live that. performance i agree and and my friends that are painters who were, were so bummed about the whole uh um give me the name of a of a art program uh christie's beeple thing no no no. one of the 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 ai i mean oh, uh, mid-journey mid-journey they're all bummed about mid-journey things like that i'm like i don't know i i i, I f- willfully choose to believe that things like painting and sculpting that cannot be okay. Can they be faked? Can you get a three D printer that'll lay down stuff that looks like oil paint? Sure. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Technologically, just like we could maybe have robot dogs trimming trees. Okay. God, that robot dog jumps high with those shears. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, but I do think that real world skills, whether it's tree trimming or painting, sculpting, there is a real possibility that they have higher value. Yeah. 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 I think. I think it's you know it's scarcity breeds breeds oh you know there's there's not there's only so many copies of this right and just simply by saying there's only so many like you can't have it and you saying i can't have it i can have everything no you can't have it yeah and that's where it it starts to create a value and so it just is like a you know it's the wave will go up and down and again that's why i think the showing of songwriting to me is really exciting and it's very scary at the same time because like putting your Putting yourself on the line, but at the same time, when everybody can make music, what can you to show something where it's like, yeah, that came out of our brains, right? By coming together and making something. Um, And same with, I think podcasting is another one of those things too, where you're like, it's real. Like Mm -hmm. it's as real as I could 
imagine it to be versus this does get interesting though where, where yeah. like I'm watching Coachella Blink-182 headlining Coachella and you know uh, Tom's using uh, his voice is not the strongest live general he's using auto-tune on his voice mm-hmm. as is everybody at the fe- most of the people at the festival are using auto-tune right and so I was going through this in my head the other day being like okay so what is real okay I know that he's physically standing there while I'm looking at it through the internet so mm-hmm. I'm a Couchella, he he's on the stage. I know that there are people there. He's singing. His voice is not real. I mm-hmm. mean, it is real, but it is also using is using AI to process the voice to figure out what the pitches are to make it sound more pleasing. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting, sort of the way. But that his conscious come intention is there in real life, and that's really yeah, like the main thing, right? It's it's like if you. Um, like if I throw this phone at you right now yeah. and it cracks your head open and causes you to bleed, <laughs> right? I, it, was it real? Is it me? It's not. It's the phone. It's still the pushing the wave across the room, yeah. right? Of in some form or another. That's an imperfect comparison, but you get the idea there. Well, that that is that is also interesting though when yeah. you, when you relay that back into if I, if your AI generates a song that you didn't have anything to do with other than just being you and you approving it. Because there has to be an approval process. No, I right? get it. I get what you're so, saying. The, it's just the, slippery, man. The, yeah, it's slippery as hell. It is. It's in the, feel, you know? the feeling that that gives somebody, mm-hmm. right? The feeling that that gives somebody is that feeling not real. And when we normalize it, like a generation coming up of people that are making music this way, because what was it? What was the, the software, the Apple software that came out like in the early 90s that really people could just all of a sudden start to do uh, their home recording? And it, GarageBand? I guess it was yeah, it was probably GarageBand. There's something else. There was there was another piece of software that was really instrumental early on, and I think it's still out there. But yeah, but when people started to be able to just like create music in their bedroom, yeah, that was a revolution. And there were musicians back then, kind of poo-pooing it, going, you know, it's 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 opening the door to too many musicians, too many people who aren't really quote unquote good. Right. And a lot of those people became massive artists because they were raw. Right. And it wasn't as, quote unquote, good as studio um, magicians like your dad and other people that were rocking the studios back in the day. Right. But it was still somebody making music. And those tools have only gotten better and better and better. And now they are Let's let's you know do, what we're talking about. Let's do a little deep yeah. dive on this, right? Yeah. Recorded music, okay? The ability yeah. to record something onto wax cylinder and re and re um, and play it out to other people or make duplicates of it has, has yeah. existed for approximately 140 years. Okay, 140 years. Wax tubes. Have you ever yeah. seen those? Yes, yeah, they're cool. 140 years that we've been able to do that. That's brand new. Okay. Yeah. What came after that? Well, we had we had a room where a bunch of people in white lab coats would have a microphone in the room, and they say, "You guys made you guys made something. Come on in here, play it once." That's the recording of it. Okay, we recorded it. Okay, that eventually turned into okay. We got these nice recording studios all around. You're gonna have to pay a record label, right? Or the record label is gonna pay for it. Or you're gonna take a loan out, right? Recording label. They're gonna pay for the recording to take place at this very nice studio. Okay, that existed. It still exists. It still exists, but it's also died in many ways. Yeah. To where it's everybody has their own recording studio. Okay. Where is this going? Right. Right. <laughs> and this is. And how long have songs existed in comparison to the ability to record a song? People, because we are living in 2023 when this thing is recorded, and what month is it? April. It's that. This is all brand new. And so, if we're saying that what is happening with the evolution of of humanity, which is really what technology is, it is one and the same. We are the creators of the the universe created us. We are creating the technology. It is all one and the same. It is nature. It is us. And and what is happening is, it's it's coming together to where 
we're we're trying to empower people to express themselves and and connect with others. Right. That's the goal. We all want that. And if and the and the only people that don't want that to happen are those who are in fear of them not feeling a value once that happens. Where getting, everybody gets getting, to do that. Getting cut out of the, That's right. of, the, of the process. How long have have pop songs been around? How long has like the three or four minute song been around? Uh, a well, I'm sure. I mean, I don't songs. I mean, songs originally before they were. Uh, I I'm mean, just were, wondering if like the old, you know, like Gaelic bards and stuff. Yeah. I, I feel like their songs were probably, you know, 20 minutes long. Sure. You know, but like the three or four minute song, that's also probably pretty much a a brand new thing. Yeah. I would imagine even the concept of a song will completely right. change to where music will just be playing. It'll just always sound awesome. It'll just basically morph from one thing I to another. I want to hear, because I've heard you say it twice, including earlier in this in this conversation, and both times my head spins around into a excited fog. And for me, that means I'm like, when I get that excited fog, I'm like, there's something amazing here. I'm just too stupid to get it. But, you know, if I have any money, I would hand it over because I think this is great. Can you try to explain just one more time your idea for Vibe Machine of, you know, we're all sitting down listening to the same song but it's different and we can choose how it, like, how does that work? What's your vision for that? And and also, like we were having coffee a few months ago, you know, there's some technology involved here um, that, that you're working on. I want to I wanna hear about that. Well, I like to think of, again, that technology is not separate from humans. I see it as just an extension of what's happening in the universe. And for whatever reason, on this planet, maybe multiple planets, I don't know. Um, and it's it's um, the what I like to th- say is that records are history, songs are forever. So mm-hmm. a record is just a version of a song, but a song can be replicated many times. The way that movies are and TV are happening right now, people mm-hmm. don't have good ideas, so they're just leaning on what already worked. Yeah. And so, um, and so the idea is that. Um, Spotify, Apple Music, the way that they currently are set up, they don't stream songs. I mean, they kind of do, but they really are streaming a recording of a song, a version of a song. Okay. Okay. So you maybe have like Let It Be, the original recording of that that we hear, the one that was released. And then there's people do lots of covers of it and stuff. But a song is just an idea. You know, songs were originally recorded on paper. That's how they you'd write it down with the words and right. the notes. And so in, t- in today's... Uh, the way that things work today, people get, you know, we, we fall in love with songs, but we also f- have fallen in love with just the people that are making the songs to where mm-hmm. we'll just listen to whatever they do. It doesn't even matter if it's it's great or not. Right. Or like, let's say great being connects with the most human beings. And so the idea with the Vibe Machine is to create a music format that is rooted in the song versus the um as the, as the number one thing where the person or the version of it is secondary to that and so so it would be that if we were sitting in this room together we could both have headphones on and we could both be listening to the same song at the same time but the version that you're hearing is is one voice mm-hmm. and the version that I'm hearing is another voice and the version that you're hearing is on an acoustic guitar and the version that I'm hearing is on a hip hop beat and we could sing out loud together and it would be like hey we're singing the same song together kumbaya we're singing whatever it is but the version that we're hearing is different from one another okay and so um this is already possible to do this but it doesn't work very it, well this is already possible to do this um and that's sort of what my goal is to basically is the is to be writing songs 
and then to outsource the production of them, as in the vocals, the singing of it, the performance of it, as well as the the like the music that's happening to as many people as possible so that you could have an experience where you listen to this thing and you could just change whatever it is in real time to your own preference. You can create infinity versions of any one song. So you would mix and match the instrumentation as you see fit as well as the tempo or like how I, is that something you would do on on your phone? Is it an app thing? Like what does it look like? It, it can be it can be done in um, on as many ways as we experience music. So okay. thing we listen we go to concerts and we hear things and we um, and we listen to it on our AirPods and we listen to it all in the car wherever. And so it's wherever music is enjoyed this can be done already. Um, and so I think it's maybe as, as the, maybe why this is more complex seeming than it is is because when you really break down um, what a song is or the record of a song, it's two, it's three things. I like to look at it as three things. You've got the composition, right? This is the this is um, the words that are being said and the melody of them. And let's call let's put the the like you know the um, the supporting music with that the chord progression with with that underneath that that just basically elevates it okay that's one thing another thing is who's singing the song is it beyonce is it drake is it miley cyrus who's singing the song okay and then there's another thing what's the what's the style of it what's the production is it uh played on a piano is it played on acoustic guitar is a rock version of it Right. These are right. these are all different things. So so the one of the way that these are broken down in the music industry currently is that there's an artist, right? Quote unquote artist. They're going to mm -hmm. sing that thing. OK, there is a producer that's going to produce the whole, you know, put the whole package together. But they're going to maybe they made the music. Maybe they didn't write the song, the words and the melody. They just made right. the music for it. Right. And then there's the songwriters. That's who nobody knows what the hell's going on with that. And, that, and those are the people that wrote the actual song. And that may be Miley Cyrus. It may not be. It may be so-and-so on the side. Maybe Mac, you know, Max Martin is, is one of the best-known songwriters because he doesn't sing on his songs. He writes the songs right. or co-writes the songs. And so in this sense, you're basically compartmentalizing these different pieces where you're saying, we're going to write the songs on camera. And that process will be shown, documented, so it's like you see it happen. The person that sings the song, maybe someone that just want that has a really beautiful voice and they don't have a lot of songs. You want to sing our song? Sing our song. You're a pop star. You sing the song. This person over here also sang the song, and this other person also sang the song, and a thousand other people also sang the song. But you can sing your version of it. And then same with the music production producer, so and so, produce your own ver produce the acoustic. So version. that part's open source. Everybody would be then put into. Uh, there would be a profit sharing based on basically which version, if your version yeah. got streamed, like you can't sing at all, but you have a billion friends, you know, like uh, Biz Marquee, just a friend, right? Yeah. They love that version. Yeah. Um, then you're going to profit on it. it doesn't yeah. really. So it sounds to me like everything you're saying that you are really philosophically almost um, attached to the song and the songwriter as the preeminent value. Um, and so... For something like for an idea like this to catch on, part of your work is to um, shift the conversation. You don't like the word educate, but also <laughs> it's fine. You know, educate people about the real value of a song, and for them to be able. Because right now it's really hard. People want to get into the whoever's singing it. Right, the singing it is the artist to them. Even if that person isn't a songwriter, even if they don't know how to make music at all, but they're the singer. And then if you say, oh, you know. Um, 
uh, let's pick on Beyonce. You know, Beyonce isn't like really uh, um, a musician in the way that let's you know. But she is though. I mean, her voice is her instrument. No, that I'm is... just saying. I'm just saying. Like you, you hear this argument because she has so many songwriters. For sure. For I'm sure. I'm not picking on Beyonce. I'm just saying that's a common conversation. Yes. Um, right. It's but people are like I don't care. It's Beyonce. Like I just want to, yeah. I just want to connect to the person. Taylor Swift. Right? I don't care. Just I want Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't care. It's it's that's the person I'm behind. I like what yeah. I like the, the the what their political causes are or whatever. Yeah. Um, I love that Beyonce. You know, spent thirty million dollars on a Rolls Royce that she can use just for her picnics in France. I think that that's a totally socially responsible thing to do. I dig that about her and and her husband. <laughs> you know, um, and I'm a fan of that behavior. Right. In, yeah. a, in a world where so many people are starving. Um, and you know it's your right to 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 dig that, um, but you want people to connect to the song on a deeper level. Yeah, I want the um, to put high emphasis on the on the song itself and allow the version of it to also be something that you could fall in love with. It could also be something that you could change, right? Like, and it could also be something that you decide that you own this version because nobody's ever heard it before including the people that wrote the thing right um and it's more so we can do this already nobody's done it right and and to me that seems very strange and and, and where i mean the technology to be able to do this has existed probably for you know 20 years or so and and be, and, I, and i ask myself why has nobody done that and i would assume it's because Again, going back to everyone's just so in their own little shit. Yeah, everyone's doing their right. own thing. Everyone's so self-centered and focused around the, doing their own project that um, it doesn't allow for that to happen because ownership is this crazy yeah. thing that people get really wrapped up in that. And the idea of you know, think of like the the Grammys are not the song awards. They're the they're the gramophone the the gramophone awards. It's for the record of the song, not the song, the right. record of the song. Right. So the perform that's why it's performance of. It's gotcha. not it's not the song that resonated with humanity. It's yeah. not about that. Yeah. And and but because that becomes because the business around that is very that's it's like we're taking the permanency of something and saying that's the value. Mm -hmm. And that's why the song the people that are writing the songs aren't getting the focus. And I think songwriters in general are people that are not as it's probably why the shit that I'm doing online resonates because most songwriter people aren't going to talk about that stuff, right? Because they're more sense they're more sensitive because they because what they're able to tap into is something that really speaks to people in a really deep way, and they're not fucking like me putting myself out there like that. Yeah. Well, on one hand, you're completely honoring them, like few people do. You're honoring the craft of songwriting. On the other hand, you're also saying, and also, folks, you can do it too. You're not saying like it's easy to write a hit song. You're just saying more people can enjoy this process. And that makes some people a little bit edgy because there's already how many songs going on to Spotify every day? 100,000. 100,000 new songs going every day. Yeah. And people are like, huh, you know, that kind of like, it's the 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 heavy boulder that sinks all ships. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's devaluing things, right? Yeah. So your message, I can see it being a little bit threatening to people just like ai yeah. is threatening anything that, yeah. that that says we're going to create more and more and more and more content right streaming television writers we're all threatened by that ai is going to create because what you said like you feed ai 10 episodes of a very formula driven successful show like seinfeld for example right yeah. seinfeld's not a great example because the humor there can be so smart it might be hard for ai 
But I've never seen an episode, but I know that it's really smart. Um, but you feed it 10 episodes or 10 seasons of something, it can spit out. It can currently spit out 10 more seasons yeah. that are passable. All you need to do is take a, a average writer to come along and, and, and spruce them up, right? So all of a sudden now, writers like, well, there's an infinite amount of content that could be replicated because you know what's successful right now? What's successful is what's derivative, you know? The people love shows that are derivative of other shows or of video game properties, or it's it's that, but now it's that updated, right? There's so mm -hmm. many versions. So music is the same thing too, right? Music is very derivative. Um, there are what is it, the Swedish hit making factories or whatever that've been around yeah. forever, right? There's a formula for this stuff, oh, and yes. AI is just making the just perfecting the formula. Yeah, it's. Um... Yeah, that's something I've been talking a lot about. I just posted a video. I was in Las Vegas the other day, and I posted. I set up my camera in the room, and talked about something that I'm not. I wouldn't claim to even be an expert on, but I just said the words, and boy, did that heat things up. And I just said, which is a term that is used, uh, which is song math. Song math. Song math. That's a little bit of an insult, huh? It, it feels like an insult to people because they don't want to believe that um, that there are formulas. It's not one formula. It's many formulas all playing together. Right. And it's and it's uh, this again goes into awareness to be like, are you noticing the formulas? Or are you not noticing the formulas? And that's what my entire life has been dedicated to is to hear the formulas and to not overly think about them, but to again bake them into your subconscious so you can creatively explore while staying on track with this works for humans. And we like to think that we're above that. We're not. We there are things that work and they're amazing and they should be they should be utilized. And if people were able to tap into that more, then they could make music that would really resonate with more people. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. And I think that for a lot of people, the conversation around what AI will or won't do, it's confusing, it's scary, it's easy to say, ah, fuck it. It's easy to say it's going to be the best thing ever. Nobody really knows. I would highly recommend, just to kind of wrap this thing up, I would highly recommend that if you're interested or that you're not interested, but if you just want to kind of make yourself current, check out the podcast, uh, a Lex Fridman podcast, with Max Tegman and Max Tegman's like basically MIT's AI top dog and it, it, it's it's an almost three hour podcast but if you play it at 1.5 speed or 1.75 like it goes by pretty quickly and it will get you current um, by two really top thinkers uh, of what's happening in AI what is a reasonable fear and what's an unreasonable fear and kind of where maybe what we can all be doing to best uh, introduce this technology before it just decides to introduce itself in ways that we can't uh, predict. Uh, it's it's uh, Lex Fridman, F-R-I-D-M-A-N, and and Max Tegman. I highly recommend. recommend I highly recommend. You like you like words um, that you check out that show um, because it is it's it's a lot. AI is a lot. And what I love about what you're doing is you're always optimistic about it. You're always saying, hey, here's some great things that we can do. Um, but here's some great things we can do as creatives where we're still in control of the process, where we're still part of it, where we're still active and we're still putting things out there. You know, you're not, as opposed to others, maybe at the record labels, you're like, how do we get rid of the Logans out there with this AI, right? Yeah, there, it's, it's um, I don't think... 
I, I think it's just it, it, it's an amplifier for whatever it's going to be. And it's yeah, there's definitely a lot of fears of getting out ahead of it for sure. I'm not particularly focusing on those because I don't have control over those. Yeah. And the um, again, this comes down. It comes down to the, the day to day step by step process that you go through. And I know so many people that really want to put themselves out there into the world and are too afraid to mostly because the relationship with the technology is scary to them because it makes them reflect back on themselves. Mm-hmm. And the more that I'll just say to anybody that is listening to this, that is interested in 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 getting a, getting ahead in the best way is to get ahead of your own thoughts. And that means understanding how you want to put yourself out into the world because many humans will their the work that they're doing will be replaced and those who are um connected into what you're doing and helping other people and spreading value and sort of showing up in that type of way for other people will get amplified as well everything will get amplified and that's the opportunity at hand and many people are going to grow up just knowing that that's how it works and for those who have grown up where technologies i mean Technology is always always evolving, but right. um, it's uh, yeah. I think it's more of a personal journey than anything else. Where it's it's like if you sit on ChatGPT, it's only as good as the questions you ask it. You got to yeah. be asking those questions that yeah. it, ask the questions that it's never been asked before. Don't ask the so many people I know that are um, in my age group that are friends of mine. I'm like, have you checked it out? They're like, no, I've just heard about it. I'm like, you need to get on this. Like, na- like be curious. Yeah, okay, so there we go. That's our super nice challenge. Even if you hate it, you hate the idea of it, um, get on ChatGPT, just the free one, 3.5. Get on there, just start playing with it so you know what's up. Don't be that person that doesn't know how to program the VCR, right? Because you hated your parents when they couldn't do that, or the DVD player, whatever generation you're at. You know, just get in there and play with it. Shout out to um, my partner at Cathedral Creative, Jacob uh, McClure, who is an incredibly talented director and... um, illustrator, graphic designer, and everything, who was very, has always, you know, the guy is is um, iconoclastic and very much, you know, when I think of Jacob, I think of a guy driving like a beautiful 1960s Mercedes with, uh, you know, uh, analog watch and just, you know, leather-tooled shoes. That's not necessarily him, but like, you know, he's, he's very... Um, stylish and retro and and non-tech although he works in a highly technical field and he really rejected um stable diffusion and the other art generating things but then he also realized like look um it can't do layout very well it can't concept very well but i can create a visual deck where if I need a, a photo of a bus blowing up in the desert with, uh, you know, macaws flying overhead, I can be very accurate now. Yeah. Right? I can get exactly what I want. And my decks are still good or not good, like if you're creating, let's say, a presentation deck, based on my ability to concept, my ability to lay things out well, you know, and my ability to work with fonts and all these other things, you know. Sure. So AI for him is just, you know, and this is a guy who is very resistant. He's, I wouldn't say he's embracing it warmly, but he's recognizing it as a tool that does not in any way threaten his decades of learned skills, right? He's, the, the application it still has to be coming from a place of um, just mad skills, basically. Yeah, I, th- I think mad skills and 
how are you not rep- how are you not replaceable? Period. Well, this is true, right? How are you? How are you not replaceable? Maybe because yeah. like, there's so many things that people go, well, this is not a replaceable thing. This is not a replaceable thing. It's like we are seeing very, very quickly that that is that there are many things that are replaceable, and I guess just like again going back to the what is your uniqueness? Why are you not replaceable? And I think that comes down to your t- like your taste, your story, your uniqueness is the thing that like there's it's like people uh, I, I think someone said to me do you think that like um you know ai will replace songwriting i'm like of course it's it's not that it's going to replace it it's it's going to it's going to be a thing that's going to be added and contribute to that yeah. and to me it's like would would you want ai to replace the joy of taking a bite out of a donut yeah, well, that, yeah. the, well, well, no, because I don't want, I like that. That's a great experience. Maybe we can amplify it, but don't take that away from me. And that's how I see writing songs and creating things. It's more so appreciation of the process of creating things. It's like, if you don't understand the value of that, then you don't understand what you're doing anyways. Right. And so, yeah, there's certain things. It's, it's uh, the conversation doesn't even make any sense actually. But yeah, for all the jobs that people do that are replaceable, for sure. Like, yeah. yeah, that's happening. There, it's, it, and, it, and it's happened before. People said a long time ago, they said, we got a, we got an idea for a car. And some people said, no, no, no. We need faster horses. Yeah, We need faster horses. We don't need a car. We need faster horses. That, you know, this this is happening. This what is always we, happening. What if we had faster horses? That'd be cool. I mean, just saying, and, and then we'll wrap this up. But if I had a horse that could run, like maybe the speed of sound, that would be cool, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. And AI, working with CRISPR, you know, genetic technologies, Dude. could potentially develop a horse that can run at the speed of sound. <laughs> Boom. You know? You never know. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for spending time with us. If you have children, you know, um, let them become tree trimmers. They will, <laughs> <laughs> they will have a future. Don't worry about teaching them to code. That's just a, you know, put the brakes on that because that's a waste of time no get them some shears good japanese shears some and some oils for the shears because they'll rust kids they're going to drop them in the pool things like that so some good japanese shears some good oils teach them how to take care of them teach them how to cut at an angle and and give them some basic uh tree pruning knowledge and uh if that's your any kind of takeaway from this podcast i think that should be it i like that yeah logan you're the best i love what you're doing um where do people find it's all in the show notes but just say it out loud yeah vibe machine with a three on um on all the places so when he says with a three it's v-i-b-3 yeah vibe the kids do letters backwards it's cool three it's not backwards three is the key to the universe oh Okay. That's what I used to just make every decision. Three? Yeah. All right. What's, it's, you know, Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. VIB3 machine. Three, two, one. Love you. So there you have it. A super nice conversation with Logan of Vibe Machine and Mini Matilda. And I really recommend checking out the links down below in the show notes uh, because they'll take you to the rest of his work and his thoughts and his offerings and pictures of his pretty face. Um, if, if you're driving right now, though, don't click on any of the links. Uh, that's just not a good idea unless you scan ahead at least five seconds you know, down the road. It's cool. Then you can click and take in a little bit of the content uh, and then look up you know, every five or ten seconds and then you can scan some more. So just be a safe mobile phone operator while you're driving, please. Please. 
please be safe, be responsible. Okay, cool. Kidding, of course. Obviously just kidding. Obviously just kidding. Um, I think that Logan's take on what's ahead for artificial intelligence, it's it's troubling, right? His take isn't troubling, but just the fact that we are already so comfortable with projecting forward to a world that is less and less crafted by humans and more and more crafted by the craftings of humans. One can argue that it's always been that way, uh, that we are, like most animals or like all animals, subject to our environment. Our environment informs us. Um, nature, nurture, and our built environment has nurtured our behaviors for centuries, millennia. So maybe not quite as directly or quite as swiftly, but we have for a long time, the human species, been a species that has been impacted by our own creations. So maybe artificial intelligence is just a, an unnatural, natural extension of these things. I'm unnerved by it. I, I will be honest. Not just because I'm a, a writer uh, and, and work in creative fields, but because I'm someone who is already concerned with the disconnect from our from each other, from the world around us. And when I see people just, oh my God, I'm so excited about this this thing that is going to disconnect us even more. Uh, I I just kind of want to light the world on fire. Um, and then I come back and realize that I'm, you know, founding member of the Super Nice Club and I can't think thoughts like that. But man, uh, it's it's a crazy time. And we're all, uh, I think we're all a little bit crazy. I really do. I think humanity has gone off the deep end, which is why the Super Nice Club needs more members to bring it back. That's right. You know that song, Maloko, uh, Bring It Back? Anybody? All right. Anyway. Love you guys. Stay tuned. Next episode is going to be the best episode, number 105. You'll see why. So what? Big deal.